What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Impact Michigan podcast. I'm your host, Leanna Bod, and I am really excited that you're either watching or listening to this show. This show is about the people making the growth and development of Michigan's economy happen. Entrepreneurs, investors, innovators, public figures, you name it. If they make stuff happen, they've been on or will be on this show. Before we get into things, I wanted to invite you to support this podcast through my Patreon account, which you can find at www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Leanne Abad. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's essentially a way for creators to be supported by their most dedicated fans. And I would hope that's you. So if you're interested in more of this content and helping me make this thing sustainable, check it out. Here's a word from our sponsors. A special thank you to WeWork for providing the studio to record this podcast right here in downtown Detroit. Head to we.co slash podcast Detroit to learn more about WeWork. This interview was recorded as part of Detroit Startup Week, which is a week-long celebration of entrepreneurship in the Detroit region. Check out the festivities at www.detroitstartupweek.com. All right, with that... Let's get into the episode. Welcome, Nathan. Thank you. Hot I'm excited. Mike. Great yeah. to be here. <laughs> right. Hot seat. Hot seat. So, okay. Is it? Do you pronounce your last name LeBenz? LeBenz. LeBenz. Yeah. We used to say like Mercedes-Benz, but yeah. LeBenz. Yeah. Lebens. It's Spanish for Mercedes. <laughs> no. Um, so I always like to start my interviews off just by allowing the guests and the listeners to just get an understanding for, for who you are. So for the listeners, who is Nathan Lebens? Boy, that's a real softball to start <laughs> off. You're, you're forcing uh, massive introspection. Um, well, it's great to be here. I'm Nathan Lebens. I'm the founder and CEO of Waymark. And Waymark is a, we describe ourselves as an art and technology company, but we're also a venture-backed startup that's based right here in downtown Detroit. Um, and we, everything we do at our company is about helping people succeed with video marketing. That is our core focus. And uh, the timing for this is great because we're actually launching a new product today. Uh, well, we'll turn on the marketing tomorrow, but it'll go online today. And that is the new Waymark store which is a place where people can come and shop, play, and then personalize, and then ultimately purchase uh, with a commercial license, video marketing assets, video ads for their business. So that was more about the business, I guess, than about me. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of who I am, I've kind of, you know, I started the company and I've done kind of every job at the company over the years. When we started off, I was coding full-time and, uh, that was certainly one you know interesting phase of life. Um, I'm not like a I would call myself kind of a generalist, um, very curious person, and like uh, a pretty pretty confident in my problem solving ability, which sometimes gets me into trouble, but more often than not is a good thing. So you know, from coding to marketing to sales at times, obviously recruiting, management, you know, finance, 
Um, I've kind of in many, many different moments sort of been faced with novel challenges. I think that's really kind of what I've come to love about entrepreneurship in, in many ways. It's just, it's always new stuff and you're always kind of, you know, there's nobody else really around, in it, especially at the beginning to, to, you know, ask to do it. So a lot of times you just kind of have to do it, have to figure it out. And, you know, that means kind of rolling up your sleeves, diving in. Um, and I kind of think that's, that's a big part of the thrill of it for me. Yeah. So, cause I'm really curious. So you got your bachelor's in chemistry. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So what was the, how did you end up getting into coding and programming? Well, this is a good, uh, good little backstory. So I was fortunate enough to have the chance to go to Harvard for my undergrad and I was in the Facebook class, what is now known as the Facebook class at Harvard, which was the class of 2006. So Zuckerberg was in that class. Most of the Facebook founders were in that class. Actually, most of them were in my dorm. So I knew all of them kind of, you know, on the periphery. They weren't like close friends of mine. The dorm had, you know, a couple hundred kids in it or whatever. So you kind of knew who everybody was, but you weren't close with, with everybody. So Mark and the gang were just kind of messing around. You know, they did a couple of, everybody's probably seen the social network. They did a couple like provocative projects, got into a little bit of trouble and then kind of figured out, you know, that they wanted to do Facebook. And so they launched Facebook in the winter of my sophomore year. And at the time, you know, I was in lab all the time doing all, you know, I kind of say uh, the undergrad experience in chemistry is in some ways a lot like a drug dealer experience because (laughs) what you actually in practice do is weigh out small amounts of fine powder for hours on end and just like put them into little capsules. That was a big part of what I did as an undergrad research assistant. So that was not super glamorous. I was into science um, and kind of thought I would be a scientist, but I was kind of feeling like, man, this science stuff is, you know, it's interesting, but it's it's slow. And I probably put in a thousand hours in a lab job and made one very, you know, kind of minor discovery, which is not nothing. I mean, to make any sort of discovery as an undergrad uh, research assistant is is not to be taken for granted because a lot of people don't make any. But I made one, and it was it was small, and that was kind of my contribution to like the you know the human body of scientific knowledge. And then meanwhile, you know, they launched this Facebook thing. They launched on my mom's birthday, February fourth, and by the end of that year, by the end of you know our sophomore year, just a couple months later, it had blown up. It had gone to other universities. And then they dropped out of school, and then the, our junior year it just continued to blow up and continued to blow up, and it became very clear that there was a massive amount of opportunity to do cool new stuff in a in an independent sort of way, uh, fast online, and that that was totally different from the environment that I was in in the lab. So I didn't study computer science, but I did start to take some. Uh, software classes, you know, toward the end. And, you know, it was, just, it was more about kind of seeing the example that was, you know, just right in front of me, yeah. which obviously went on to become, you know, an example that everybody yeah. uh, knew about. But at the time it was like, it was not like they're taking over the world, but it was like, but they are making a little dent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was a bigger dent and a faster dent and a more exciting dent than my, my one little, uh, you know, chemistry discovery. So, it, it was the it was just the the magnet of you know the, the pull of that example I think that really got me into it and also they were so they were all kids you know there was no um, there was no halo over Zuckerberg's head at the time like 
he was just a dude and he was a smart guy for sure like i've never taken anything away from him he seemed smart then and he, he seemed like a good guy then and I, I think he's you know done really well obviously in a lot of different respects but it was like these these people are not you know magical um yeah. there's no reason that like other people can't also do right. cool stuff and and be successful yeah I, man that's that's fascinating i actually didn't know that so like when i mean obviously you said it was like magnetic right and i i would imagine you know the the ethos on campus would change after like all that traction happened because i don't know how much of the social network story is actually true i know that there's you know i mean if it, if it comes from zuckerberg himself saying it's like not super true it's like okay sure you know that's that's the main resource of, of fact but at the same time you know he might just not want yeah, some of it to be true you know what <laughs> it could be so i don't know but but in your experience i don't think anybody's ever had a movie made about them and felt like it was right fully accurate right so. yeah i mean some stuff just has to be you know uh <laughs> adapted to theaters but so like what was the change like because i mean i'm at like harvard's one if not the you know top universities in the country in the world it's obviously world renowned like what and i mean there are gripes with education in general but like what how did it change the the culture on campus if anything um you already you, you mentioned you know it, it kind of opened up the possibilities but um just in general what was life on campus like after that did more people I mean, obviously, you're a, a great example of it. More people start to, you know, look more into this. Oh, this internet thing could be big. Like it, it already was big by then, but like, there's more opportunity here. Maybe I should start looking into programming, etc. Like, what was that like? Yeah, it was. It was a major change. It was, and it coincided. There were a couple of factors that came together there. I think I'll just briefly say on the movie. I think um, probably the biggest way that I would say it seemed a bit unfair. And the, from what I've heard from you know other classmates, some of whom were were closer with uh, Zuckerberg back in the day, probably the biggest unfairness to him was the idea that he was kind of a loser, you know, and that this was his way of like kind of fighting back or like getting back at people. I really don't think that was the case at all. I don't think he was ever a loser. I think he always had friends. And the the kind of most glaring omission from that movie was you know, at the very last scene he's like refresh, refreshing the page of you know some girl who like didn't yeah. want to go out on a second yeah. date with him. <laughs> In real life, he was with the same at the time you know young woman now his wife who's a doctor and he's he's been with the same woman for all these years and they have like a really strrong yeah. uh relationship and partnership so I think in that particular way it's it feels like a little motivated to make him seem like a bad guy there are some other ways that the movie is like super accurate and this goes to your question on like cultural change people started using facebook as a verb extremely quickly and there is a scene in the movie where they're kind of out you know on a, a friday night or whatever and you know the people are buzzing around doing their thing and then somebody says to somebody else like i'll facebook you later and then they're like oh my god did you yeah. hear that that was yeah. insanely awesome she, she used facebook as a verb and that that is really that was very much like our experience people started using facebook as a verb and it, it started to be like everyone was on it the expectation the norms changed social norms changed immediately from you know whatever they were to like everybody's going to be on facebook and of course that's where you're going to be able to find people and talk to them and you know not having it um became just like weird fast and that was kind of remarkable but then the kind of more like academic or sort of career oriented shift 
also was a big one. I mean, going back to that time, it was, you know, the, the financial bubble had not yet burst. It, the financial bubble was kind of still on the rise. Right. Um, it ultimately started to burst in like end of 07 into 08. Um, so at the time, like financial firms were coming to campus and recruiting aggressively. And it was probably like half of the grads would go either to finance, primarily in New York, or to law school. And then both of those sectors took huge hits at the same time that that Facebook and kind of tech broadly was like really busting into kind of the mainstream consciousness of like what undergrads thought they could do. So there was a huge, huge shift in just a couple of years from an, I, a, an era where everyone was kind of like, I'm going to go get a Wall Street job or whatever to I want to go work at Facebook or, you know, Google or like one of the other kind of giant things or I want to start my own thing because I saw you know somebody do that and I think I could maybe do it too uh, that was a pretty dramatic move and it happened that move kind of happened over a couple of years but it went from a you know scenario where the intro um, CS class you know CS 50 it was called would maybe have 75 you know students in it before or 100 or whatever and then it became one of the biggest classes mm-hmm. at the university yeah. because everybody was like you know wanted it to get a piece of it at least yeah. you know even if it wasn't necessarily what they were going to do it was kind of like nobody wants to to miss out on kind of this this area entirely so yeah it was it was a big big shift and i think that still goes on there today i think i mean i think that those echoes um and not just there probably you know almost every school but it was a it was a very noticeable change Right. Yeah. So how then did you end up getting into like marketing? Because I know Wayne, uh, is Social Proof completely different from Waymark or, or was Social Proof kind of absorbed yes, So Waymark? it's the same company. Okay. We've, we've only ever had one company, uh, but we've had a, a couple different brands. And the reason for that is just, you know, startups have to evolve. Um, everybody's always kind of reinventing themselves. If you're uh you know, reinventing yourself a little, you maybe keep the same brand. If you're reinventing yourself more substantially, you know, maybe you, you choose a new brand. So for us, the um, the kind of core idea that's always been pretty central to our business has been the power of customer reviews and user-generated content more broadly to educate people, to inform people about what kind of purchase decisions they want to make, to, to help people understand who they can trust and who maybe they can't trust. And we have always been trying to build something around that core concept of, of reviews, user-generated content, to help people make uh, better decisions and be more successful. So there have been a couple different product generations that have built on that theme. Um, in, the, in the very early days, we kind of set something up that looked a little bit like a cross between a Yelp and a LinkedIn, where individual professionals could create a profile, collect reviews, kind of independently of their job, um, you know, LinkedIn had some of that functionality more focused on kind of career professionals. We tended to focus more on like sales professionals or small business people, like individual real yeah. estate agents, insurance Reviews agents. on? Just on their service. Oh, you know, okay. at the time, if yeah. you go back to like 2011, 12, when we were getting started, reviews on restaurants were very accessible. Yelp had kind of gotten the pole position in that market. But you could not really go online and find a review of a real estate agent. And that just struck us as crazy, especially in the wake of the financial crisis where we're like, you know, so many people had bought houses for the wrong price and gotten the wrong mortgage on them and gotten, you know, and then everybody was a loser. I mean, the people who bought those houses got kicked out of them a lot of times, obviously. 
you know, then the banks also lost money. The American public, you know, didn't do so well. So everybody was kind of a loser. And it looked to me like a major market failure to, to provide enough information for people to make the right decisions about who to trust. And it further seemed crazy. That it was like, I can get comprehensive analysis of any restaurant. I was living in San Francisco at the time, so coverage there you know, on Yelp was phenomenal, and now it's kind of everywhere. But then it was like, I can get comprehensive analysis on any restaurant in San Francisco, and I can't tell which real estate agent or which mortgage broker is going to fleece me and which one is really going to do the right thing by me, and that seems insane. So we first tried to solve that problem with a kind of social graph-connected review site, again, kind of crossed between LinkedIn and Yelp. Um, and everything we've ever done has gotten at least some meaningful traction. So we got about a half million users on that site and created a, a, like a couple million reviews worth of content, started to get some meaningful traffic. Uh, but then as we kind of grew into that, the ba basically the social graph kind of went down. You know, yeah. everybody now knows the story of like Cambridge Analytica and, you know, all the data that was yeah. getting shared around in various ways. And that maybe wasn't fully thought through, uh, but it was happening. And we were using that. And we were trying to use it for good, you know, to help people make better decisions. But Facebook, I think, correctly at the time, you know, identified that, like, we're giving up too much. This is going to get out of control. It's going to come back to bite us. And they shut it down. And, you know, it took four years then for it to fully come to light that, like, you know, all of, the, of this was happening. But for somebody like me, like, I knew it at the time. And I knew they shut it down at the time. And then it was kind of like, okay, well, this socially connected reviews Yelp LinkedIn thing is like not going to work if there's no social data available for us yeah. to tap into. So it became time to evolve. And we said, you know, we've, we've really learned a lot about customer reviews, user-generated content. And we know that this is something people really trust and they really value and really, the businesses are really proud of it. Consumers really, you know, value it as a decision-making aid. How can we kind of reinvent ourselves, you know, around that core concept, but in a, in a new way. And what we ended up doing, and this is kind of the one major pivot in the business was turning from that reviews platform into a marketing company, but as a marketing company, still at the center of what we have always done for people is making better use of their reviews and, and the user generated content that exists. So today, if you go on to Waymark and create videos, what you'll find is, you know, you search for your business and we go out and find with, with you know a, an automated process it takes like 10 seconds all the reviews we can all the photos we can that people have posted about your business we bring that in and kind of make a little content library and then the videos that we produce for you which are we'll do like a couple dozen videos you know at the, at the end of 10 seconds you've got like 20 some videos you can watch those all feature your customer reviews and the photos that people have posted and photos from your Facebook page. So all that stuff is out there and we kind of pull it in and make it look as good as it possibly can. Yeah. And so like, cause you'd mentioned, you know, yeah, like Facebook had to go through that change. Cause it's, do you ever watch black mirror? I've seen uh, a few episodes. I'm yeah. Not, same. I've only regular. seen like two, I think. No, even like just one. Anyway, th there's this one. Um, I haven't actually watched it, but it was very like once the Cambridge Analytica thing came to light and um, people started referring people or people started referring to the specific Black Mirror episode where 
um, you could see people's like ratings, and it wasn't like real estate agent. It, it wasn't like yeah, yeah. Have I think your, I actually like, have seen this score. episode. Yeah, it's like everybody's rating everybody. Everybody's rating every interaction everybody. is getting rated all the time. Right, exactly. And then there's kind of this information cascade where the the like protagonist of the episode, you know, is she's like a four point two or whatever, and she's going to her friend's wedding, and her friend's wedding is like a four point seven. Or, you know, she's the friend is 4.7 and all her wedding guests are, you know, high status people as well. And she's like trying to kind of level up to get into their range. Right, right. But then things start going bad and she like, you know, has a minor freak out at the airport or whatever. And then they won't let her fly and she gets a temporary deduction. And then it's just kind of as I think what's kind of really interesting about it is everybody starts to see her in a more negative light. And then that call, that kind of creates this this feedback loop where like right. they see her negatively, they rate her negatively, and it's just kind of a, a slide to the bottom. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's I think that's a really profound story. I mean, it's it's something that happens in our society all the time. You know, you get dinged like the difference between having a clean record and not having a perfectly clean record when you get pulled over. You know, really influences how that next interaction is going to go, and you know, this is kind of that, but even like pulled more to the fore and like made. Yeah you know, kind of fully peer to peer. So it is definitely something as a society that we're going to have to figure out how to manage. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I don't think anybody, maybe at the tech, at the tech giants, there might be some people thinking about how to do that. Well, I don't think in our, in our government or in most of our kind of elite society though, it's, it's something that people are thinking very much about. Yeah. Cause that even, I mean, that happens right now, just like not like tech based and not like at scale because you think about it you know like if you move to a different place like if you're if you have a bad rep right um in one city and then you move to a completely different place and none of that was recorded um like you're spotless you know and now you know you have google so like if somebody google searches your name and something pops up like in the news in that local news and they see that then like oh that completely changes my perception on this person. And so I feel like if and possibly when we get to that level of like, I can see somebody down the street will have contact lenses that have AR, like the pop-up that says, this person's a 4.2, this person's a 4.9, you know? It's like, oh, I don't wanna, I don't wanna eat lunch with this person or something like that. Like, I think that'll just be, be crazy because, you know, you think about it, like right now that still already happens where, you know, like gossip spreads. And you know, it, it's not a, a an actual objective score. It's you know, somebody tells some somebody spreads a rumor about you, and then that person who maybe even never heard of your name, but heard your name just through that one interaction, has it now a negative or deducted score, right? Their own personal score on you, and like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just scary to me. It's just scary, but. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, it'll take. I mean, with great power comes great responsibility. So, let's hope. Well, uh, China's <laughs> going to do this first, and then we'll get to see how it goes there. And then yeah. you know, maybe we'll uh, have a chance to to learn from how that goes. I mean, it, it, it here we're not even really thinking about it. For, you know, in terms of the the leadership of our society, if there is any leadership in our society, uh, but such as it is, I you know, it's not really something we're thinking hard about. But you go halfway around the world and all of a sudden, you know, people are thinking really hard and they're implementing and they're bringing, uh, and they maybe have different priorities than us and, you know, somewhat different sense of like where the value should be, but they're doing it. So we're going to have a chance to see how it goes before we'll 
before we'll try it for ourselves, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So back to uh, the product that Waymark just launched. You said the Waymark store. So are, is that does that work like stock videos or how does that? Yeah, it, I mean, so it's it is a store experience. So this is going to go live on June 21, which is tomorrow as of yeah. our recording this. And it's going to be, and the reason that we, we tried to set it up this way is we wanted it to be something that anyone can do. And we said, you know, what is something that kind of anyone who's used the internet, even if they're not like a power user and, you know, maybe they don't, maybe they're like working with their hands in a, in a physical way throughout the day. They're not spending a lot of time on a computer. Maybe they only use the internet on their phone. Um, you know, we want to make something that anybody can use to create compelling, effective marketing videos for their business. And when we really thought about that, we were like, you know, the one paradigm that everybody knows is online shopping. Everyone knows how to go to Amazon and buy something. Everyone knows how to go to any number of e-commerce retailers and buy something. So we said, let's do that. Let's make it a store. It's gonna be the most kind of classic, simple, you know, I hope elegant uh, e-commerce experience that you'll ever have. And the store will be stocked with personalizable marketing videos, which you can watch and kind of shop around and figure out what you like and, and what fits for you. And then the one kind of special twist that's different from other stores is we have this personalized action. And that's where if you just give us the name of your business and the city that it's in, so that's literally all it takes, business name and city, then we'll go out and find the business, we'll find all the content, and we'll sh take that video that we just showed you that has you know, a bunch of different stuff going on, and we'll replace all the content, the images, the text, the customer reviews that were featured, all that kind of stuff will get replaced with your business content. So it goes from an example to a personalized, like ready to go right. video for you in like 10 seconds. So we think that's gonna be awesome. And it, it, you know, it, it does take some inspiration from like stock sites. Like if you go online and you Google, you know, uh, you know, video clip of, you know, father and son, you know, right. you're thinking about, I want to do something for Father's Day. You go video clip for father and son, you'll get these like 60 second clips, 90 second clips. And it'll be like, you know, a guy and a kid and they're like doing stuff or whatever. But it's just kind of, that's it. You know, it's, it's just raw footage. Yeah. And then it's kind of up to you to be like, okay, I guess I'll buy this footage and then I have to go do something with it, right? right? And you know that so that limits those products by and large to people who have production skills. You have to be able to produce video. You have you need editing software. You need to know you have to have, and you also have to have a, a concept of like what story do I want to tell? How do I how do I tell it? How do I block that out? Um, and obviously there are, you know, lots of software tools out there that do that, but we love the simplicity of the stock sites where it's like, I'm on a page, I'm looking at a thing. I know that if I pay this price, I will have the thing. Like that, that kind of e-commerce simplicity and clarity we love. But what we think is kind of missing there is like, for most people, like 95, 98% of people who are not editors, who do not have like Adobe Creative Cloud on their computer, the having that thing does not solve their problem. That is an ingredient, yeah. you know, to a DIY project right. like that will like maybe eventually solve their problem. But 
by contrast, when you go to Waymark, you're going to get something that is the solution to your problem. You are, and you know, we're building out more and more inventory all the time, so we can solve more different kinds of problems for more different kinds of people, all within you know video marketing, video communication. But you know, you go there and you say, look, here's a video. I watch it. Maybe it's a 30 second spot. I really like that. Like that is the kind of vibe that I want to put forward. That's the kind of message I want to tell. And then you hit personalize and make it yours. And now you have something you can actually put in front of your customers. And and that is you know kind of radically simplified. And also like a major cost savings for most folks because one thing we haven't mentioned is the price on this is the entry price is ninety nine bucks for a fully complete, fully custom, fully commercially licensed video that you own when you buy it from us. When you have kind of unlimited opportunity to go put that wherever you want, advertise with it on the internet, anything you want to do. So by comparison, that's like you know, a couple percentage points of what people will typically spend if they, you know, the stock media costs as much. And then you're like, you know, either going to put tons of hours into it or go hire an agency. And it's a, it's a significant project. So we're kind of radically compressing that and putting it into this e-commerce shopping experience. Yeah. So wrapping up here, before I ask my last question, where can people reach out, find more info on Waymark? Is there anything else you want to promote? I know it's launching tomorrow. Yeah, so we are so we're on waymark.com. That's probably the best place. And again, it, it should be something that on your phone, no app to download, on your computer, you know, it'll come right up in a browser. So anyone can can look at it in five seconds. We've taken incredible pains to make it as low friction as you know, it, it takes takes an awful lot of work to make something easy. So we've worked really, really hard to make it really, really easy. And I do think waymark.com is, is the best place to check us out. Obviously, we're on all sorts of social media. We do have a careers page with a number of, of openings listed there. So I definitely would promote that as well. Um, we are, I mean, we're looking for developers always. Uh, our creative team is is a powerhouse. So we're, we're always interested in great creative talent. Um, we have we have a pretty small marketing team, so there there are definitely going to be opportunities in the coming months on marketing. We only have two um, people on our marketing team at a thirty person company, um, so there's definitely room for for growth there. Um, people can also reach me directly at Nathan at Waymark dot com, um, and I I do uh, read all my emails, so I'll I'll at least uh, I'll at least see everything that comes my way, and. Um, yeah, I think the, the it should be fun. You know, I think this new thing, part of what we're really excited about is just it's going to be fun and it's going to be the kind of thing you can put in front of your mom and your mom can play with it and, you know, kind of watch some stuff and change some stuff and kind of have a very tactile, real-time experience of creation. So we're super excited to, to unlock that experience for, for everyone. Yeah. Awesome. So last question here. I'd mentioned, you know, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, I the way I view media marketing, anything that you do that gets somebody's attention, you know, once you have somebody's attention, it's your responsibility to do something great with it. So as Nathan LeBenz, as the CEO of Waymark, what do you feel is your greatest responsibility? Hmm, that is a good question. Um, I'll stall for a second by also mentioning that as part of this uh, launch, for those of, for anybody who's doing this live or if, depending on how soon this gets uh, rolled out, we're also doing like a, a sh- shopping spree giveaway. So we have a thing where you can come and like register. Uh, we're actually doing it with a, another Detroit startup called Quickly. 
which does these yeah. like uh, flash sale type of promotions where you can win like you know kind of gaudy prizes. And what we're giving away is free marketing videos for life, which basically means you know any th- unlimited ability to get everything from our store uh, indefinitely. Yeah. So one one business owner is going to have uh, kind of all of the all of the stuff that we put into the store on an unlimited basis, and then people win other prizes too. So yeah. we're we're really trying to kind of blow it out, and make some noise, and get people to come, you know, experience what the store is, so they can get excited about it. In terms of my biggest responsibility. That is a good question. Um, I think that we see ourselves as being on a mission to help all businesses succeed with video marketing, big and small. And we do really focus on the small. Um, and sometimes that could be you know, with a bigger client or bigger brand, but we still focus on the end user within those environments. So for us, our DNA is really about the end user, the person who's gonna be on their phone or on their computer actually doing stuff with our product, making something and like putting together a message that, that they wanna put out there. I think our role is kind of democratizing video communication. Right now in the world, there's you know a tremendous amount of investment going on in video as a format Uh, every big brand is is putting millions and millions of dollars into it they're building in-house agencies they're hiring all the video producers that they can uh, and and prices are going up fast like get if you want to do a a custom video thing do it now rather than a quarter from now because the prices will go up so because there's just so much demand and what's kind of getting left a little bit behind and i think this is like a broader trend in our economy in general is like the smaller businesses are struggling. You know, there's a lot of talk about small business. There's a lot of um, romance, I think, around yeah. small business. There's a lot of corporate initiatives that try to, you know, whether it's Amazon or not Amazon, um, American Express, you know, doing like a small business Saturday type of thing, or yeah. you know, Wall Street, ten thousand small businesses, or you know, Chase is coming to town and they've got a big small business initiative. A lot of people are talking about small businesses, but when you look at the the data. Small businesses are struggling. Big businesses are winning. And that is because everything has become more sophisticated, more nuanced, more powerful, uh, but requires more expertise. And that's true in a a variety of domains. It's definitely true in video communication. People who do it really well are specialists. And I think what we're trying to do is kind of take that specialist quality and – make it accessible to everyone. I think at the end of the day, there, there is, there's a reason that we talk about small and local businesses and like having relationship, real relationship with the people that you, you know, engage with commercially. And that's because it like makes our lives better and we want to live in communities that are like that. And, you know, we, we value it on some level, but, but as a society, we haven't quite figured out how to sustain it. Um, so I, I think, you know, kind of our responsibility is our mission, at least, and, and I, I kind of see this as, as a responsibility, is to try to bring this format to everybody, uh, to try to level at least that one part of the playing field, and to try to help these small and local businesses communicate effectively so that they're not drowned out by, you know, much bigger more powerful, you know, uh, deeper pocketed uh, competitors who, you know, who are going to for sure produce great 
shiny, you know, glossy uh, video content. So it's a long answer, great question. Um, but yeah, I think kind of democratizing and, and trying to level the playing field uh, a little bit, if, if that's the impact that we can make with this product, um, I think we'll be very successful and, and proud to have done that. Awesome, and with that, I wanna thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much, been fun.